Hey my friend, welcome to the Tradies Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Tradies Success Academy. We're on a mission to help trade and construction business owners unlock time and financial freedom within as little as three years. With the right processes and systems and support, we're able to help people level up with less mistakes and have the motivation and support and guidance around systemization and process, whether that comes to lead generation, conversions, on-site value delivery, maximizing efficiency and profitability, operations and administration, or personal performance, how to really maximize yourself as a business owner and unlock that growth in your own business. Now, whether you're a sole trader or you've been in business for years and years, we're here to support you no matter what size you are. So look in the show notes. We've got a link to an exclusive offer for the podcast where you get 30 days free of the Academy Mastermind program. On there, you'll get access to online on-demand training videos, access to live training every single week, and access to an amazing trade community filled with all different types of trades supporting one another to unlock that growth potential. Click the link in the show notes and unlock your free trial now. Hi everyone, welcome to the Trading Success Podcast. We're here with Ollie Stevens from Hungry Wolf Studios. Welcome aboard, man. Thanks, Greg. It's uh, it's good to be here, mate. It's yeah, another another ripping day up in the in the Northern Rivers, and it's nice to break up my work week and and have a chat with you. Yeah, man. No, I'm glad to have you on here and looking forward to learning about you and your story and how you've got into concreting business and then also uh, now how you're giving back and helping people do their own uh, concreting projects. So super exciting stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. You start to realise how old you are when you um, realise that you yeah, started concreting and now I've done the um, the big loop and now and now teaching it. But um, yeah. no, it's really it's really exciting and, and it's definitely um keeping me going and keeping me motivated. So yeah, I, I love that teaching side of it now. Cool, man. Now looking forward to diving in and finding out all about it. So um, love to start off by just uh, learning about like, where did you uh, start getting into concreting? Where'd you grow up? Like what, what got you, got you into it? Yeah, well, I'm, um, I'm from a decent sized family. I'm one of nine, um, the eldest boy. Um, so it was always, um, having to get out of the house was and get to work and, and make some money because there was no pocket money or anything when I was growing up. So I developed a work ethic pretty quickly. But um, yeah, going through through high school, I, um, I finished year 12 and then started working at a supermarket. And this particular day, I was I was on the registers and, and a lady came up and said, oh, do you like your job? And I said, no, not really. She <laughs> said, well, um, do you want to come and work for my husband? And I said, oh, doing, doing what? She said, concrete slabs. Um, and I sort of said, well, when, when would I be starting that? She said, tomorrow if you want. <laughs> and, and that was it. So I went down to Bunnings that afternoon, got myself some gumboots, and, yeah, that was it. I, I was doing concrete slabs down in um, on the Mornington Peninsula down in Melbourne. So something in you in, in the checkout. Big smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just maybe she just sort of read that I was just not really that interested in what I was doing. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things as well. Like I just finished school. I didn't have um, really any idea of what I really wanted to get into. But I think definitely I could not picture my life now without being like working outside and having that yeah. 
um, element involved yep. with with what I do. So um, yeah, look, it was a it was a good move, but um, yeah, it's it's led me all the way to here. So uh, I just oh, high school was just just your basic stuff. I mean, I was never that great at at um, maths and English and all the rest of it, but I took a great interest in in woodwork, metalwork, and um, and also, yeah, just like physical ed and stuff. So yeah. um, it definitely went, yeah, it wasn't so much an academic, but definitely loved hands-on stuff. So, yeah, I think that's pretty common, man. Like, like most of the tradies you, you, that have come into it, like they're physically active, they're, they're in the woodwork, metalwork, it's that architectural engineering sort of uh, things and good at maths and, you know, under, ten, tends to sort of flow into that direction. I know that was definitely me. I definitely had to work for English, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, we're lucky now. We didn't realise how much smartphones were going to take over our lives and how easy it was actually going to make it um, yeah. for us for, for just our day-to-day stuff. So definitely being a tradie, just having that calculator instantly on your phone and being able to just, you know, work out measurements pretty quickly, it's, it is definitely pretty handy. Yeah, Totally. So, so you started doing some concreting, started pouring those slabs, and then how did that transfer into you know getting skilled and, and upskilling and then becoming your own business owner? Yeah, so basically it was it was doing house slabs and it was uh, pretty monotonous work to be honest. It was it was setting up one day, pouring the next, rain, hail or shine, um, six days a week. Um, for at the time, I thought the money was um, was pretty good, but I soon realised I was. I was capped at a day rate and could not earn any more um, than what I was getting for the week. So, yeah. um, and then, so yeah, I just realized that it, there's more to it. And I definitely loved um, working with concrete, but doing the same thing every day was um, a bit tedious. So I was, I had a plan to move up into, um, into Melbourne, up into the city anyway. Um, and then the door opened for getting into more high-end residential um, and commercial work where I was then put on hourly uh, money and then it was then um, as well we sort of progressed through there and then ended up joining the EBA, becoming unionised. Uh, the company I was working for when I started had sort of 10 guys um, and it blew up to about 250 in the, in the 10 years that I was there. So. Yeah. I played a big role in sort of seeing that company go through and um, and learning so much about um, concrete and the industry and and also how businesses run. So that was a really good stepping stone for me to then. Uh, once I had my first child um, and bought our house, I um, it was sort of like inevitable that I sort of had to go out on my own in order to create some sort of um, financial freedom and and have enough for sort of holidays and and be able to take time off sort of when we wanted it um so yeah that was the that was the step and then yeah starting my own business was it was pretty good and um but yeah soon realized that there was a boat I bought that never got used because I was doing way more hours than um than what I thought but um it was just it was just one of those things that had to happen um to in order to just sort of get the family right and and pay for the house and and all the rest of it but um after about five or so years of that uh i decided to um start renovating our house and i started throwing some concrete elements 
in there, which people weren't really doing at the time. So barbecue bench top, some some stairs, little fire pit area and things. Um, and was just getting such great feedback from my friends and family and and the very small following I had on Instagram back then. Um, and then yeah, it just sort of, yeah, it just it just took me to a, a place where I really wanted to be. Um and less overheads, so way less, you know, steel and concrete and mm. formwork and all that sort of stuff to to being able to really focus it, get use really good quality materials, spend the time putting it all together. Cause you know, the formwork side of it is a lot more involved doing um, the architectural concrete than it is to doing house slabs where you just sort of slap it together. Yeah. Um, and then being able to then yeah refine the concrete pouring process because when you're doing a house slab, I mean, by the time you get the concrete in, you are battling to just get back and start finishing and it's just yeah. a, it, you know, it's a, it's a tornado of a day. Um, whereas, yeah, what I do, I can sort of, you know, take that time, have a coffee in between, you know, when it's not too hot, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely just, yeah, refined concrete to, um, yeah, show it off, basically. Yeah, man, that's so cool. And anyone that hasn't seen Ollie's Instagram, head over to uh, Hungry Wolf Studio and check out some of the stuff that he's putting together. It's super cool. Um, I was like looking at all your little tools that you got as well, and you, you know, <laughs> different trails. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was another thing too. It was just sort of like you, you know you go and use your standard concrete tools doing what we do, and yeah, you can get a finish on it, but it's it's nowhere near as um, as good as what it is. Yeah, you would have laughed at these little micro trails yeah. that I've got, but I mean I use them every time I pour, like just the little levels of detail and. Um, and finesse you can get on the concrete to just you know make it look like it's um, yeah a real sculptural piece. Yeah, awesome. All right, I want to come back. There's three big elements in that I want to come back to. So coming back to that, seeing that company scale from you know you were part of that. So what was it like? I want to come back to that. I also want to come back to that expansion of where you realised that you didn't have the time as a business owner. It's like I've got a boat, but I can't even use it because I'm so busy. <laughs> I want to come back to that. I don't want to come back to like how that transitioned into doing a very specialized niche, uh, which brought you enjoyment, fulfillment, what you do, um, and how we can expand on that. I think there's some really juicy things that we can dive into. There. So, um, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. So um, let's with, let's talk about that business that you were just talking about. So going from the size that they were all the way up to that many staff, what did you learn? Like, what are some of the things that you realized? What are some of the mistakes you saw? The, that that company make um, um, a bystander. It's the one thing I learned is um, staffing is always going to be an issue for anyone, and I think concreters. If you're running a concrete business, you would definitely understand that it's very hard to um, keep keep guys around. They, it's 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 just sometimes you get too many together, they don't gel, they don't get on. There's um, always the weather and, and bits and pieces. So it was, you know, I saw over a thousand staff go through that company, oh, way more than that, to be honest. But um, it was, yeah, it, that was the one thing I really noticed. Um, the other thing was just time management, like just trying to, like getting jobs done. You know, we were always under the pump to 
get jobs done, but a lot of times we were just understaffed in order to do it. So there was always the blokes who who want to work, who are there to work, um, and then there's yeah the other side of that EBA sort of scene where there's guys there purely just to get money and they will go and hide in the toilets, they'll go for a walk, they'll go, you know, and it's that was really hard. And, you know, I was only 20, 25 at the time running like 20 concreters and I was probably the youngest one a lot of the time. Um, so, yeah, it was getting people to try and listen to me was was yeah. um, was hard too. But, um, you know, it, it was always good, but it was just, yeah, I learned so much in um, in just that that 10-year period on, on how to manage um, people and, and expectations. Yeah, was that so? That was just pouring slabs for like residential and commercial, was it mainly? It was, yeah. So it started off doing high end residential work, yeah. so one off custom builders, and then uh, it was sort of started getting into uh, the EBA side, which was doing schools, you know, hospitals, um, and and that sort of stuff, universities, uh, high rise. So. It was, yeah, it was doing all of that sort of stuff. I mean, I was mainly just running, I was like the basement crew. So I'd, I'd basically get the slabs done, get the walls up in basements, and then I'd be moving on to into the next one. So, yeah. Yeah. So how did that company manage the having the core team that was like there to work and then having the fluctuation and the transientness of these people that came and went? Oh, it just it it was just a snowball. It was just a constant, and I think that was you know that and and part of the EBA agreements and things were were the demise um, of that company um, in the end. So it was uh, I got out when it was when it was the right time for me, and then it was a, yeah, a couple of years later that it was um, yeah, it was no longer around. So um, I sort of saw that happening in the company um, and went, you know what, I'm better off working for myself than, than trying to do this for, for a company that I don't think is going to, um, going to last too long. Yeah. It's interesting. You see these companies scale like that and then, uh, you know, they haven't factored in even it looks impressive, but they haven't factored in, you know, the taxes, the EBA, the, the everything. It was, yeah. It was crazy. Like I just remember like my old boss, like it was 250000 a week just in wages, let alone concrete, steel, um, you know, pumps. You know, it was just like it was hectic. And then, you know, you're sort of in that hole where you just, I don't know, I, I was like I don't really want to get, I never want to get to that size. Let's, let's be honest. I didn't want to be um, someone who was going to take over the world with concrete. So, um, it was. I was glad to sort of see that you know the stresses and that that are involved in in trying to run a company that size. Um, yeah, it was not something that I was um, willing to to try and do. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I think you know at the academy we're all about how do we create the smallest company possible, which is flexible and to achieve your your version of success. You know what I mean? Like the, everyone has their version of success, and it's it's not a usually not a massive company and taking over the world and it's how do we create the smallest company possible to create time freedom you know, i love that freedom yes yeah yeah it's amazing yeah um cool man so yes yeah, a good segue into like you moving into your own business and then you know quickly realizing oh my god all of my time is consumed by all of these new business processes i've got to learn and 
doing something different to rather than just concreting and yeah i think i think the one thing was um was quoting you don't realize how much time gets taken up with quoting estimating going out just to look at a job um spending an hour an hour and a half with someone and then not getting the job as well like it was that was a that was a hard thing for me um doing all my slab work and, and that sort of stuff which i then changed pretty quickly once I started my architectural stuff it was everything was going to get priced from a plan and then from there you know you can either accept or deny and then we can come out and have a discussion and and start running through your your job so yeah I think that was the one thing it was getting chewed up a lot and then um with weather and stuff Melbourne's not you know a, a great place for weather and so if we cancelled a pour during the week, then we were, we were there Saturdays um, to try and you know get make up that day, and then Sundays I'd probably spend saw cutting or, or something like that. So you know there was a lot of times where I was doing seven days a week, um, and you know with with young kids and and a wife at home, there's just that much pressure on her. Um, so yeah, it was it was one of those things. It was like we need to change something up here. Yeah, I like it. Um, and so you chose to go down a niche path and, and move into this space, um, which is super cool. Um, so what was that transition like? So I know a lot of people in similar positions, like a lot of solar companies face that, roofing companies, you know, you know, where you get rained out, you just can't do work when it's raining. Um, so what from going from like, oh, this is how we get our bread and butter, how do you go and shift over without the the risk of losing it all, you know, like not getting enough revenue. How did you? How did you transition um, over to a new? It was it was always a gamble. So I, ch I changed my name to Hungry Wolf Studio um, for a reason. I didn't want the word concrete um, or anything associated with my name. I didn't want Ollie's Concrete Constructions or or something like that. I wanted more of an umbrella um, and a name that would appeal to architects and designers. Um, and things like that. So, um, and allow me to put other things into the company, like example, now that we do our tools and we've got a shop and um, and we've got courses and things. So it was more, you know, Hungry Wolf Studio in itself is is a bit of an umbrella that we can sort of pack pack a bit into without being limited to a name that then has to get changed again or, or vice versa. But yeah. um, I did find with my name that, uh, it was, yeah, architects and things like that sort of started looking at me seriously. Um, it sounds funny, but it was it was true. It was like, you know, a new branding and, and a new name and then purely, you know, ditching all the content of slabs and things and, and putting up, you know, architectural pieces that I'd either done in my own home or for friends and things. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it just started. That was it. Once you, once you do a good job for one person, you know they're going to call you back and get you to come and do another one or or recommend it to a friend. So, yeah, that word of mouth advertising was was huge for me, but it, it exploded pretty quickly because, yeah, you do a good job and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, nice one. And so we, did you have any, like, operational downtime or like the transition did it did it come with like not having a profit or some financial stress or anything like that or was it fairly quickly that yeah no it, def it definitely did i i did i took a, a year off basically it was like all right i'm gonna we had sort of uh nine guys doing the slabs 
and it was like, no, nah, I've found this niche thing. We just had our second baby. So I was taking a bit of time off from that and we bought our second house. So, and it was a lot bigger than our first one. And we planned on doing a lot more um, concrete work and, and much more renovation stuff in it. So I basically had that year to, to go through and do all of that and then just pick and choose the architectural jobs that were um, coming in. And that allowed me to sort of just have a bit of time. And then from there, after that, about a year or so, was putting on um, guys and and getting them to sort of help me with that business um, and, yeah, staffing and things. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was good. It was, you know, and yeah, there were, you know, a couple of weeks here and there and you'd go without getting a phone call and you're like, oh, man, got to get... Got to get back to work. Yeah. But, um, you know, because it was it was just so easy with the slab stuff. It's, mm. um, but I think nowadays with the way that architectural concrete's been recognised, it's, um, it's you wouldn't see too many plans that don't have it on them at some shape or form, whether it's outside, inside. Um, there's, a, there's an element in there because it's just a product that just lasts forever. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a really important thing that we talk around a lot, which is the the different hats that you wear in the business. And there's work generation, but then there's also doing the on-site value delivery, which is doing the work. Um, but every time you guys, like all tradies, will go from being super busy on the tools, and all of a sudden it's just this your crickets of work. And it's like, where's the work? But then they put their workers' generation hat on, they follow up some quotes, they do some outreach, and all of a sudden, boom, they've got work again. Uh, yeah. So- recognizing that relationship of like if we can keep that going um, yeah it's, it's that's more consistently you know? i um yeah i used to always say it's either feast or famine so it was either that much going on or um you know or, or not enough so it's hard, it is very hard to get that right and especially it that it gets harder and harder the more staff you've got um so you're talking about stuff uh, before the call, like, um, so what do you find, what have you found works with like concrete staff and what have you found, you know, is, is quite challenging just for helping out anyone that is in a similar trade where it's hard to find the people that who want to just fully invest in, in your vision for the company? Yeah, look, the, the one thing that I found, uh, found out pretty quickly with my business is a lot of people wanted to be involved with it. They wanted to know how I was doing what I was doing. Um, so finding guys was was really easy. But after six months, 12 months, they were gone and they were trying to um, start their own businesses up doing the same sort of thing. So yeah. um, it's hard to find guys that will you know, stick around for the long haul because, I mean, at the end of the day, everyone is out to sort of make more money. Um, and that sort of stuff. So, uh, but I did find that the perfect number for me uh, back in Melbourne was was three. You know, if I could have two guys that I could leave on site, I could go, you know, out and look at another job, start getting some materials ready for the next day. Um, that was that was really handy. It was it was a good number, and I, and I scaled it up to five or six, and then realised pretty quickly that I was losing control of quality. Um, and then yeah, dropped it, dropped it back down again. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a common story uh, out there. Um, you know, trying, especially the bigger you get, it's, it feels like the they've got less responsibility sometimes. The staff, so they 
they feel like they can put the pedal off the metal, do a lot of quality <laughs> jobs, you know, like, so, um, no, definitely a common story. Hey, um, I'd love to hear about your Instagram growth. We've, we have, uh, you know, similar size accounts for my electrical business. I, I do like singing and dancing videos for response electricians. Um, and Maybe I really need to hook one up together. Yeah, we'll do a bit of a parody. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, I love the idea of like growing a, an account and I, I just see a lot of the style that you're doing is just so captivating. Like when you're watching that, it's so engaging. Like you watch with the right music as well. It really engages the audience as soon as they land on it. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, like when you're watching it. Um, yeah. So what did you learn? Like when was the first post you put up was like, boom, it sort of took off. And, and what did you learn from those experiences and what have you learned? Well, I think the main one was I was always wanted a pretty Instagram. So it was just looking at it and it was all just beautiful finished projects of what we'd done and it was really easy to scroll um, and, and see. You know, you just say to anyone, just go jump on my Instagram, you'll find something that you like, you know, that way I can price it up for you and, and this and that. Um, and then once we started doing the online courses we did a complete flip so we've got basically rather than showing finished products we're actually showing the process um it's not pretty it's got you know if you look at the page and scroll down it there's just bits going on everywhere but like you said everyone is engaging and it will um, draw you in to sort of see that little sneak peek of sort of of what we're doing and and how the tools are used um, and I found that that just skyrocketed our Instagram. Um, mm. We had a reel that got 35 million or something um, views um, just from me using a using one of the trowels. Um, and I think the, the Instagram just went up like 40,000 or something stupid in like 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's crazy, eh? Yeah. yeah but, um, but look, it's just, I, I don't know, it, it's all based on algorithms. I mean, you can try and try and do it right uh, i don't know i've got someone looking after it that's all i can say now i um i don't have the time to be um, running my instagram anymore but um it is something that i've learned a lot and and i'm happy to be um yeah the, the guy now who's who's basically in every video um yeah. just showing you how to showing you how to do what we do so do you have a film, do you set up your camera on a tripod or do you have someone walk around and film your apprentice or something like that? Um, so my wife, Kylie, usually will take the kids to school and then she'll oh, yeah. pop out um, to site um, and do a little bit of that sort of stuff. Um, she runs the shop. Um, she runs, handles the day-to-day, -day, the business, all the invoicing and, and that sort of stuff. So it's a great way for her to um, come out on site because yeah, she would never, she'd only yet to get to see the pictures that I would show her and things. But yeah, now I'm um, coming out on site. I think she gets a lot of enjoyment out of it as well. And, and you know, she loves the building process and, and the renovating and, and that sort of stuff. So yes, yeah, seeing it when it's going in and then coming back to get some finished shots and yeah, she's sort of as blown away as I am a lot of the time. Yeah, cool. No, that's great. You get some quality time together throughout the day when the kids are at school. <laughs> yeah, it's usually she usually comes around with a coffee as well, so I can't complain. Yeah, we are. My wife and I are big fans of staycations, which is like you drop the kids off at school and then you go to the hotel and you stay yeah. next, <laughs> you go next to the pool and spend some time at, in the local, and then you can go pick them up. It's like an eight-hour or six-hour daycare, you know. Like, 
Um, I love that. I'm going to have to give that a go for sure. Give it a go. <laughs> Take a couple of days off work. <laughs> Definitely. Sweet, man. So tell me about your um, experience. Like you were saying in COVID, you started to, like, here's an opportunity for us to teach. I'd love to hear about that and tell the audience how they can get on board with that. Yeah, so teaching was something that, you know, I um, always wanted to do down the track, whether it was, um, you know, wind up my career and end up being a TAFE teacher or something, I don't know. But um, through COVID and lockdown, it was, a, it was a really good opportunity. I wasn't at work as much. Uh, you know, we couldn't work um, for a bit of it. So it was it was a really good opportunity to say, all right, what do you guys, and, and this is targeted at our Instagram and Facebook audience, what would you like to learn the most? Um, and the floating stairs thing was um, a standout. So I basically just set up a course um, to, to teach you how to do it um, and, and get really good results. And now with our private Facebook group. We've got um, Ollie's Wolfpack. The, the stuff that I'm seeing now from guys who've done the course, it's it's just epic. So, um, And then from all over the world and, and Australia as well, it's not just, um, you know, the local guys from Concrete is where I was working. That's that's what I love about, the um, you know, Instagram and stuff. It's it, The reach you've got is just incredible. And, and to see people now implementing it, um, on jobs and uh, they're finding that spark that I found when I started doing it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's super rewarding and satisfying. I can't stop smiling when I talk about it, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's cool, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. What sort of, uh, what's been the most amazing one you've seen someone do from your course? Like from someone? Oh, there's been, there's, been, there's been a couple of really good ones. Um, a, a lot of them are just like big series of, of floating steps that, you know, automatically you've got this beautiful house and it's just blended so nicely into the landscape um yeah just by and and they've already said that you know the people across the street have got concrete envy now so yeah they've got to go you know quite quite them up at, um a set and stuff as well but yeah that's it's more um i think this next this next course that we've got which is the it's the barbecue bench top course which um, we were talking about earlier, but it is coming um, early December and that's going to really open up so many doors for people because what I'm showing you in this course is so much more than um, the floating stairs. It's it's radiuses, it's cantilevers, it's mm. um, spans and, and waterfall ends and, and things like that. So there's a heap there, heap of content which can then be you know, implemented in so many different ways. So I'm, um, I'm pretty excited to see what people are going to come up with with this one, that's for sure. Yeah, I love it. It's like um, I love the barbecue because, like, if you don't have a place to put stairs, you can't just put it on the lawn, you know. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. You can put it at your house if you haven't got a space for it at the moment. So that's going to be, that's going to be cool to see. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, and it's another one of those things too, which, you know, it, it, it can be, a, you know, a benchtop, out the back, it can be you know something for your for your mum and dad. It can be you know it, yeah, it, you can use it for so many different things. So everyone needs more bench space. That's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Hey man, it's been awesome chatting to you. I'd love to um just wrap it up with anything that you want to share around helping someone that's in business trying to find their spark. Like I'd love to hear like anything that you could 
provide in terms of advice um, around taking the leap. You know, it's almost like going from a going from a uh, employee to a business owner again if you're already in business. But how do you find that spark? How do you uh, develop it, and how do you jump for it? It, it's a, it's an interesting one and it does take every everyone's different and everyone's gonna it may not happen now it may it may take you know it may take another five years or something yet for, you know you know for you to find it or you might have found it 10 years ago and you've just kept doing what you're doing um you've really got to yeah take that time to invest it in yourself and and because if you're not happy at work and it's going to be very difficult. Like, and you know, a lot of people will realise that at the moment. You know, especially through lockdowns and things like that. It was it, everyone's looking at the world a bit differently now. But um, yeah, you've definitely, if you find that spark, you really have to run with it, and then also just get that assurance from whether it's a mate or or your partner, um, and and work with it, work on it together. Like, it doesn't have to be a a one man. You know, drive. It can be something that you you want to do with your partner and and your family. Mm. No, I love that, man. No, I appreciate you coming on and what an inspirational story. I think a lot of people will listen to this and feel like, what's my spark? What's my spark? I'm going to find it. Um, so that's really cool, guys. If you want to go check it out, it's Hungry Wolf Studio. Um, Ollie Stevens, thanks for joining us, man. It's been awesome. You're a legend, Greg. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. All the best. See you, mate.